Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 45. Some imagination, huh? My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. I did not realize we had Mickey Mouse from uh, Fantasmic joining our podcast tonight. Yeah, we got nice. a special guest tonight. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then let's do Disney. So Mickey's joining us tonight, apparently. Well, Mickey also joined us what, every single time I was absent. Then Mickey announced my absenteeness. We kind of cut you off, not going to lie. But you're back now. So tonight, we're going to talk about, and this is kind of a continuation of Fix It Felix, we're going to talk about some more rides that we feel like we can kind of reimagine here to improve or make better. We promise we're not going to just bash Tomorrowland Speedway and Mission Space again all episode. Before we get into that, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, what do we got tonight? Big... Uh, big week. So obviously we've we've been away from you guys here for just a little bit of time, and something big happened at Disney. Toy Story Land opened. Uh, now there were some initial soft openings for media members, uh, and so we did get a sneak peek prior to you know the big opening day. But the premise is that you're an honorary toy and you've been shrunk down to that size. You really can't see anything outside of it. Uh, it's it's sparsely decorated. There's lights. There's Tinker Toys. The decorations and the immersiveness is a huge, uh, been a very positive response, I guess, so far from folks that have been. Uh, I will tell you that it looks like the queues for all the rides are outdoors, uh, which is probably not great for this time of the year. It is warm in, in uh, Orlando, and it does not appear there's a ton of shade in the park. I think at one point they pl- they were planning for a lot more shrubbery and trees and you know a variety of th- those kind of things, but that's tough to do. Uh, when you're trying to make everyone feel like they are the size of a toy to have a, just a normal-sized tree stand right, right next to you. Uh, it did reach capacity opening day. I think wait times have fallen off significantly since then. Significantly since then, It's not like what we saw with Pandora the World of Avatar, where they continuously, you know, Flight of Passage is still the, the longest wait in, in Disney. So I don't know. Any, any quick reactions before we kind of dive into what attractions are in there? Yeah, I I think that it's important to understand, and I I think we tried to temper expectations previously. This is kind of filler for Star Wars land. This is not some new huge thing. You've got two new rides at a restaurant, one pre-existing ride, and it's just not, again, this is filler for Star Wars land. This is building Hollywood Studios up to the point that it's a park that people actually want to go to again. I don't think this was ever seen by anyone as this is this grand new thing. Yeah, so if we get to it, I think that we we don't have Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We don't have Everest. We don't have Rock and Roller Coaster. So, you know, as far as like big attractions that we're going to like kind of tip the scales one way or the other, it's not really there. I have read that the Slinky Dog Coaster is as kind of thrilling as Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is. Uh, it, it does have a couple of different launches in there. I think there's one at the beginning and the one about midpoint where it kind of pulls back on the slinky, like a slinky. and shoots yep. you forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing, that, and I know we mentioned it on the podcast and maybe other outlets you heard it, I, and this was when Matt was, was not, you know, per, you know, not able to participate each week. Pete and I kept saying, remember, there are two new attractions coming, but this land's big hit is Toy Story Mania. The land was built around Toy Story Mania. 
as being so also important point on that it is no longer toy story midway mania it has been officially renamed toy story Mania. correct now. and so when people were going in there and they're like oh we got this you know slinky dog coaster and swirling saucers you just you have to remember that toy story mania is a part of this it, it is not that that was intended to be the big ticket attraction there uh, essentially, Slinky Dog, like Pete kind of hit on it, it is a family-friendly coaster. It's not super high in the air, uh, no loops, no like aggressive turns. It is longer. The track, at least, is long. And the, as he said, there are two launches. They're not. It's not like a rock and roller coaster launch or uh, or anything of that manner. Uh, and then they have the Alien Swirling Saucers. It's a basic spinning ride. I'm trying to think. I don't, would you compare it to like a, a mad tea party? I, I would say similar to the teacups with a lot more theming. The, they've got the claw there. I think they missed out a lot with the claw because the claw doesn't do anything. It just hangs there. Yep. So I think they missed out on an opportunity there. Um, also in the land, as we've already discussed, Toy Story Mania, there was a name change. I actually was with Pete and we looked at something and I said, that's weird. Or he, you said, that's weird. It just says Toy Story Mania. And then we discovered there was a name change. And then you have Woody's Lunchbox. We hit on some of the uh, items that they're going to be selling there. I've, I've actually heard the food was pretty good for opening weekend. But but no indoor seating no, at all. Exactly. I mean, it's it's hot. It's July it's in Florida. It's hot in Florida. Yeah, it's hot. But it, it's it's uh, it was interesting kind of to watch the wait times go crazy and then people realize, okay, I'm not waiting this long for that attraction. So, I think both of these are one-and-done attractions. I don't think these are... Like Flight of Passage, where people are riding this multiple times. Yeah, and I, and I didn't hear uh, of any like major issues they had. Uh, but I will tell you, there was another app outage July 6th. Uh, it looks like it disabled Fast Pass as it boasted Disney World and Disneyland. That's been far too common lately. <laughs> I would be so frustrated if I was at Disney World and that happened. Moving over to Epcot here. I know we hit on it, but it's just a reminder. The Candlelight Processional. Some of the big-time names that will be there are Neil Patrick Harris, Gary Sinise, Whoopi Goldberg, Jody Benson. Uh, and there are dining packages available for this. The reason we're mentioning it, again, is because they go on sale July 11th. About 38 per adult for breakfast, 50 per adult for lunch, and 55 per adult for dinner. Uh, some of the restaurants you could you could get that package would be like Coral Reef, uh, Beer Garden, and uh, Chefs de France. I've never done the Candlelight Processional. People love it. If you're interested... Tickets going on sale, or, or dining packages going on sale July 11th. Another piece of news that, that we came across, it looks like there's new options for annual pass holders. If you're fortunate enough to, to, to be an annual pass holder, look on the Disney website. I think there's now an option to buy re, uh, buy to remove blackout days. Uh, and then there's a new Florida resident pass available. Uh, it looks like the construction has begun on the new Japan restaurant. I don't know why they're getting a new restaurant in Japan. I would pick other countries to get a new restaurant, but that it is what it is. Um, what else did we have over the... Over the time here, we had new buses coming to Magical Express. Not a ton of info on them now, but the outside will feature Mickey, Minnie, and other Disney characters. Uh, I know we've talked to you about the Magical Express. It's transportation folks can use from the airport to the resort uh, and back, or to cruises as well. Uh, and then Hollywood Studios has a new Lightning McQueen Racing Academy uh, take place on Sunset uh, in Sunset Showcase on Sunset Boulevard. Not again, not a ton of info out on this one yet, but it it will be a close up experience with Lightning McQueen, Cruz Ramirez, and Mater from Cars. So I've got one more piece of news that I want to hit on before we move on. Biggest piece of news this week: Tom is actually going to be at Disney World this weekend, right? Yep, decided this morning. 
and and Matt, uh, I, I know you've got some news you want to share about that. Yeah, so Tom, I'm really hoping that you make your way over to um, Toy Story Land because I know you're going with some friends and they really want to check out Pandora. But, I mean, you were a first reporter for Pandora, the world of Avatar. I'd love to have you be a first reporter as well for Toy Story, Toy Story Land and everything that that encompasses. You know, I'll, I'll say it like this. My, it was a gift from friends uh, given to my wife and I. And we've kind of agreed on what we're doing in Hollywood Studios and not something they wanted to do. Which, you know, unfortunately, it kind of, number one, like I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, beat you up too bad over that. Like, you know, you're going to have a great time with friends. And I can't wait to hear back from your second trip to Pandora and, you know, things you might have missed, things you saw this time that, you know, are different from last time. And, you know, just kind of report on everything. But man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 15 days after it opens and you're not going to go. It's kind of, uh, if I were you, I get the park hopper. We've talked about that one. That's almost as bad as Matt missing a Disney trivia question. Yeah. I mean, you're there, man. You're there. Listen, I'm not not proud of it, uh, but I am excited to be going. Uh, It'll be a really. But you're not going to rock the boat, so I get it. It'll be a really, really quick trip uh, with, with some good friends and we are fired up for it. All right. Well, so that I think closes out the news for this week. So let's pause for just a minute here to hear from our sponsor, Destinations with Character. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise in Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. All right, so let's go ahead and move straight into our main topic for the night. Again, we're going to be talking about some more rides that we are going to reimagineer uh, to, to fix them. And these are rides that either have problems with people going on them, other problems, just aspects that we don't like very much, or, or something else that, uh, that needs to be fixed for the ride to be better in our opinion. Again, this is, this is our opinion. And, and as I said in the intro, this is kind of a continuation of our Fix It Felix episode. We talked about a couple of rides that we would reimagineer, and I think we talked about Stitch's Great Escape and Mission Space in that ride, the changes that we would make to make those better. So we're going to continue on that same path. And the first ride I want to talk about is Journey into Imagination with Figment. So a little bit of history of this ride. This opened in 83 originally as Journey into Imagination, closed in 1998 for a major renovation, reopened in 99 as Journey into Your Imagination. And this was the first iteration where we saw Eric Idle. You know, you go through the Imagination Institute This was not very well received by anybody. So 2002, they closed it again, did another renovation, brought back some aspects of the original, 
and has been operating since 2002 as a journey into imagination with figment. They brought back the one little spark and, and some other aspects. And to this day, this ride is still not very popular. I mean, you find very minimal wait times and fast pass. I mean, if you get a fast pass for this total rookie move. So, so what's the problem with this ride? I think with the, I think the premise of the ride's great. I think figments an extremely important character uh, and personality for Epcot. I, I, you know, I know we've talked about it kind of connects the old Epcot to the new Epcot, but this attraction is very technologically behind. And for one that pulls on trying to, I guess, include the use of all your senses, <laughs> there's a lot of technology out there now that they could use to, to make the ride do a better job of that. It doesn't sound like you want to take this ride from scratch. It sounds like you kind of just want to reinvent it. So I know you and Pete have talked about this off air. Like, Pete, what do you think about what Thomas said? Well, I, he said a lot there. And I think first off, Figment is really, really important to this ride. You know, Figment is the original Epcot mascot. But, you know, hearkening back to the days where Epcot didn't have Disney characters in it at all. Now we're starting to sh- see the shift away from that. We're starting to see Disney characters in the parks. We've got a Frozen ride. We're getting a Ratatouille ride. We're getting Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're getting characters in Epcot. So we're gradually moving away from that. But but like Tom said, Figment is a really important connection from the old Epcot to today. There are a lot of people out there who, if, if you completely wiped this ride and made it a new attraction, put a new intellectual property in there, whatever, you're going to really tick a lot of people off if you get rid of Figment. So that's number one. I think you need to keep Figment in here. Now, the rest of the ride, you can pretty much scrap, in my opinion. Like Tom said, this really needs to be a technology-based ride. This needs to be a ride that uses the biggest and best technology that's out there. It needs better animatronics. It needs better special effects. You know, you look at a ride like the Pirates of the Caribbean at Shanghai Disney, the wraparound screens that you see, that that sort of thing. This ride needs that technology to to be effective. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more with you. I, I think there are, um, you know, a ton of opportunities. I really like trackless ride systems. I, I've never been on one, but I love the idea of it. I think that would fit perfectly with this. Uh, attraction. I guess where I don't agree is is starting completely from scratch. I do think there are some things in there that that could stay uh, and and still do add a decent value to the to the attraction. But you're right. I mean, since they re since they reopened it, it really hasn't <laughs> ever had traction with the fans again. Tom hit the nail on the head. You know, you go trackless here. You know, you engage all the senses. I mean, this can be a lot of fun. I mean, they've got they've got attractions they can they could look at. Uh, from a technology standpoint, Ratatouille would be one of them. Pooh's Honey Hunt in Tokyo Disney. Uh, every ride there is different, uh, I believe, maybe with both of those uh, because it is a trackless system. So I think I agree. I, I think you let your imagination run with it and give that more of a theme versus here are the laboratory rooms. Which was the ride's original intention, right. which is fun. Yeah, and I, th- I think that where we are now, look, you're – you start the ride and you have no imagination and you have to go through this lab to get imagination. I think that's insulting to the audience. I agree. I, that's why I think the ride should, it almost, it's, it's too structured. Be very, be more free flowing, allow people to use their imagination. And maybe your experience in the ride is different than mine, but that's, that's fine. It's in my opinion, it's missing a sense of whimsy. Yep. So it's, it's very structured. You go through all these different labs and you experience one thing in every lab. Why, why does it need to be like that? I, I don't... Because you're experiencing one person's imagination. No, and I understand... that's the intent of the ride. 
I, I don't think it is. I mean, this is a this is supposed to be a journey into imagination, and it's it's not journey into your imagination anymore. It's journey into imagination. You know, what Disney has done with this ride is they've taken they've taken you. They walk you through this whole elaborate backstory to get you to this lab. And then they walk you to the lab. I just think all that's unnecessary. You look at a ride like Pirates of the Caribbean. There's no elaborate backstory. You get into a boat and all of a sudden you're in the middle of the action. You know, they don't explain to you, well, here we are in the blah, 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 16th century, whatever. You know, there's there's none of that. You don't need that explanation because the ride does it itself. I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you man. And I'm n- with you. You convinced now me. Now, I know we're, we're looking at changes that could be made. If they were to ever gut this attraction or wanted to go a totally different direction, I think they've got a pretty good uh, movie, I guess they could go off of now with Inside Out. That's for another podcast, another day. Yeah, Inside Out would be a good fit here. We've brought that up before on this podcast. Yep. I mean, it it ties in. I think you still keep Figment, though. I think that's I think that he's important to the uh, to the ride. Yeah, you can. I, I agree. I don't think you can get rid of Figment because I mean that's technically Epcot's. It was at least Epcot's mascot. I don't know if we've we've said that a couple times now, and I think that's a very important thing to remember. That it's kind of sad that no one remembers that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think this this speaks to what Disney rides are effective and what Disney rides are not effective. I don't think that Disney rides need this elaborate backstory and setup to be effective. I mean, let's just, let's walk through some classic Disney rides. Splash Mountain, you get no backstory. You're thrust into the middle of the action. Pirates Take of the Caribbean. Road, Space Mountain, Pirates, yeah. It, exactly. You just infer everything from the visual cues that you see in the queue or on the ride. You don't have Which to sit down. Which is the intention of this ride, which is missing the mark, is I think where you're going. Exactly. Exactly. So I think there's a lot more effective way we could we could use this ride. Well, maybe they'll just use their imagination, huh? I hope so. I hope so. All right. Anything else to say about Journey into Imagination? I, again, I it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if this ride closed tomorrow. I'm not going to miss. Well, it. I plan I plan to enjoy this attraction this weekend. So I will. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know how it is. I'm sure you will because. Out of all the rides at Epcot, it's it's going to be the only one with a six-minute wait. <laughs> you can do it a hundred times. You probably could. And it'll be the same ride you rode five years ago, ten years ago. And and look, obviously this ride has a problem because even when the park is completely packed, it's got a 15-minute wait. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> People, I mean, it's in a weird spot, too. I mean, I, I, I think that matters with attractions, too, but... If it was if it was good enough, people would find their way. When you when you start thinking about the wait time for a ride, I think that when you, we start thinking about things that can be reimagined, I think that's where you start. You know what's what's generating you know short lines, what's putting people right back into the park. You know, I think that's kind of where you go. And I think you know, with the exception of our next ride, you know, everything we talk about from here on out is going to have a short line. Yep, I agree. If it's not if it's not eating crowds, it's not effective as a ride. Okay, well let's move on. And this is kind of going to be controversial because a lot of people really like this ride. Tom, I know you really like this ride. Matt, this was based on what you said about Tom. All of our listeners know what attraction this is. Well, it's not Space Mountain, but it is Test Track. 
a little bit of history on Test Track before we get started here. Test Track opened originally in late 1998, really late 98. I think it was November, December 98. Uh, replaced World of Motion, which was initially sponsored by GM. Uh, Test Track was also initially sponsored by GM. And in the initial iteration of this, guests rode test vehicles through a testing facility, followed by a roughly 65 mile an hour speed trial. So this ride closed in April of 2012, reopened in December of 2012 as the current test track. It's now sponsored by Chevrolet and guests design prototype cars and put them through their paces in a digital testing ground. So a little bit different, same concept, still has the 65 mile an hour speed trial at the end, which in my opinion is the only good part of the ride. But um, what what needs what needs to change? I guess my my and I, and I let me say this first. I love Test Track. It's one of my favorite attractions at in um, in Epcot and in Disney World altogether. But think about the name of the attraction. It's Test Track. So when they initially came up with this, you were testing vehicles, and that was awesome. I mean, the test they put you through, everything was probably fairly similar to how yeah, they actually have to test a vehicle. And when they went with this futuristic deal, it, you, I think you lose the whole we're testing a vehicle aspect of it, even though you are still going through a variety of vehicle tests in a, in a competitive format. I, I don't like the futuristic theming. My favorite thing about the attraction is the fact that you can design your own car. Uh, but outside of that, I, I, I think um, you know one thing that they've, they've really done well with was radiator springs racers but i don't think that fits either so well so that's that's my first thought is hey you rip this whole thing out you put in radiator springs racers does it fit no but well disney's already started blurring the lines with what fits so i mean if think about it <laughs> and think about where things are opening and no and like you know, this is another tangent for another you know podcast but guardians should be in in uh, hollywood studios shouldn't be in epcot i guess yeah on, on the core you're right but on another note, I mean, I just, I, my big thing here is like, okay, Radiator Springs doesn't fit. We know we're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy in Epcot. Say what you want about the fit, the not a fit. I mean, I think it kind of fits because we're talking about like separate countries, separate cultures, and now all of a sudden you have a separate planet. That kind of fits for me. But what would have fit so perfectly here in Future World is Tron. Tron would have fit beautifully here, but it's in the Magic Kingdom coming soon. So that's, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, could could you have made this a Tron ride? Could you have made the vehicles light cycles? Could the end have been a race on a right, light cycle with another rider or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, well, I, I'm, I won't say unfortunately because I'm really looking forward to it. We've got light cycle power run coming to Magic Kingdom. So that is kind of out. Now, cars in future world I, I don't know i don't think it works i mean my, my car talks to me right now i just know it's not its own entity you know at least i hope not now could you do and this is coming off the cuff here but could you do something where when you go into that vehicle design say they have three different body styles or, or whatever and they kind of kick out a car that you feel like you designed now i know that the issue is you have six different people in the car who designed a car I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to customize it where it feels more. I think that you, yeah, I think that if you customize the car and it has some kind of impact on the ride. Okay. The performance of the vehicle that you're riding in. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. If, if you customize your car and you prioritize speed, maybe your car goes a little faster during the speed test. 
but maybe it handles a little worse. Maybe the ride's a little more bumpy during the other tests. You know, so there's trade-offs there. Yeah, but it's the same issue you run into because if we're all sitting in a test track vehicle, we all designed a car separate from each other if we're, if we're a bunch of parties of two. Yeah, so you so you randomize it. I mean, the last time I went, Pete and I, like, we, we designed it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, though, you have a, a much bigger issue where it comes into how do you make all these customized cars, like, move on a track and not you know, create like a pile up or, you know, God forbid a pile up, but I'm more saying like, just like a stoppage on the interstate where everyone's standstill traffic. Well, I think with the, with the ride vehicles that they use on say dinosaur, you combine that with the test track ride vehicles yep. and, and you can customize those vehicles yeah. to make it appear bumpy or make it. That's and a great think, idea. You know, as, as far as addressing the, Hey, we've got two different groups or three different groups or whatever in this car, I mean, you, you just kind of randomize it and say, hey, this is one we've picked. So everybody gets to design their car still, but you know, maybe your car doesn't get picked to, to undergo the test. And they do this all the time. Like It's not necessarily like in the design and testing phase that we're kind of talking about, but in Tower of Terror, like it's never the same drop twice. You talked about Winnie the Pooh, like what, in Tokyo? Where yeah, it's never Winnie the, the Pooh's same drop hunt. twice. I mean, mm-hmm. these, these things that incorporate a, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I kind of know. That's never a bad thing. I mean, like, I enjoy Rock and Roller Coaster. I never know what the song is going to be. I think it makes it feel better to the guests because they, they think that they're getting this customized experience, and they are. I love that idea, actually. I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, and I'm thinking of different attractions where you do feel like it's more customizable, I guess. Uh, Rock and Roller Coaster is a good example because it is different music, and Tower of Terror is a good example because of the different drops. Even Great Movie Ride, to a degree, had a customized feature in it. R.I.P. So I like that idea because right now there's no element of surprise with Test Track. I know exactly what's coming. And yeah, I've, I'm... Well, you can see what's coming ahead of yep. not only because of the, the pre-ride video, but you can see the cars in front of you doing but what you haven't I'm done just yet. thinking about when you go through those tests, it, it feels the same every time and then you get your little score on the TV. Yeah. But instead, you're right. I mean, if, if, if you focus, and most people would focus on speed. Maybe you go 70 outside. Maybe maybe you build a car. That- and maybe your car slips a little bit more during the test. You know, whatever. There's The possibilities there are endless. But I think that that's how you, you make this ride better. I'm not a big fan of the futuristic theming that they've got going on with all the lasers and the black lights and all that kind of stuff. I wish they would honestly go back to the original test track. Keep the car creation part, but go back to the original test track. I like that a lot more. Well, they incorporate the, f- the futuristic aspects, but they keep the 1998 video when you first get on the car. So, well, I, mean, I, that, I mean, that's my thing. I guess they don't really connect uh, because there's no, there's nothing really futuristic about the ride that changed. They just changed the theme to it. No, and the, the, if the, maybe if the vehicles looked futuristic or if – I don't know. If, if the vehicles were able to change based on what you've designed, I, I don't know. Well, it's very hard to – put you know a lot of capital towards making a futuristic car because it's never going to be futuristic it's always going to be behind of the times and that's the same i mean that's the same problem you run into with future world and epcot in general same problem you run into with tomorrowland in general well i'm sure i mean i'm actually certain of this i know that we have imagineers that listen to this podcast and i'll be very honest like something as simple as just changing the ride video at the beginning of each ride can completely change your your thought process leading into the ride. And that's something that I'm surprised that Disney has not taken advantage of. I mean, there's a ton of ride videos they haven't. You go look at Kilimanjaro Safari's yeah. ride video. That thing's 
from the day that 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 cat opened. Something as simple as just changing the ride video and then changing the costumes of the cast members that can change so much of your perspective walking onto an attraction. I think we've we've got you know beat test track here for a minute. And I I think we I, I love the idea about changing the actual way you ride it. So that was if we do have Imagineers listening, you at least have three people here that like that idea. Two other things, uh, two other attractions that we kind of decided to lump together. Uh, where Mickey's PhilharMagic and it's tough to be a bug in Animal Kingdom. Reason we're lumping them together is, is pretty obvious. They're 3D shows. Uh, they, they're both 4D shows. 4D shows. Yeah. <laughs> 4D shows. Uh, the history with PhilharMagic. It opened in 2003. Uh, it is in Fantasyland. It's very near Peter Pan. A 150 foot wide, custom built 3D screen, uh, and it incorporates a ton of different Disney movies. And the history with tough to be a, it's tough to be a bug was an opening day attraction at Animal Kingdom. Uh, so it opened in 1998, uh, and it goes through characters from the movie. There's some laughs. There's some scares or light, jumpy, uh, um, I guess, portions of the show. And there's spiders, which Pete despises. Not a fan. Well, let's let's touch on a couple of things with the both of these attractions. And in my opinion, they're polar opposites on the actual characters portrayed in the show. You have PhilharMagic, which has characters that all of us know and love, we hold dear to our hearts, and then you have It's Tough to Be a Bug and A Bug's Life, which, I mean, Pete, how many characters from that movie can you name? Tom, how many characters from that movie can you name? Flick. Hopper. You know... After that, I'm tapped out. Let's let's knock them out one at a time instead of going hit, you know back and forth between them. If, we, if you want, let's focus on... I guess it's tough to be a bug because uh, that was that opened first. I think there are a ton of opportunities with, the, especially with the location of this attraction. Now, for those of our listeners who may not know where this is, it is inside the Tree of Life. So, the central most part, pretty much of Animal Kingdom, is where this this attraction is hosted, and it's a 4D show, uh, and it's extremely outdated. It's not very relevant. I, I don't have a child, but I I don't know of many children that are watching. Bugs Life is, you know, like they would watch a. It's not a Disney classic, I guess. You know, you got you have the new ones, of course, and you have like the Lion Kings. It'll forever be. So I don't know if there's there, you don't polish this one up. I think you have to completely replace the show. Yeah, like you said, a Bugs Life just isn't relevant anymore. I mean, this movie came out in 1998. Nobody's sitting around watching this movie 20 years later. I mean, it was a, it's a highly successful movie, and it's it's been a really successful attraction, but it doesn't have that, it doesn't hold on, to, you know, it, it doesn't hold an audience like your Peter Pans do still, or your Winnie the Poohs, or your, uh, even Aladdin to maybe a lesser Beauty degree, Beast, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. Aladdin. Yeah, everything that's in Philhar Magic. So, I think you need, so, go ahead, Pete. Well, I was just going to say, this needs to be related to the theme of Animal Kingdom. You look at Epcot, Spaceship Earth in Epcot perfectly conveys the whole idea of Epcot. This is humanity's journey, past, present, future, right? I think that whatever's in the tree of life at Animal Kingdom needs to convey the idea of Animal Kingdom. And this, this to me, just doesn't. Well, it does not. You're right. And I think the next step here is, as you think about Spaceship Earth in this context, everyone that goes to Epcot knows what Spaceship Earth's about. And everyone respects that because of everything you just stated about Spaceship Earth. But you know, can we do better with the most iconic, iconic, I would say building structure in Animal Kingdom? We can do better than It's a Bug's Life. So I guess what suggestions do you have? I mean, I, I, I've, my biggest fear 
is that we let like a Rivers Delight type overhaul happen. And it's, you know, I know we talked about incorporating all the animals on the tree. There has to be a story. So I think you have to, would even have to do something more with Lion King. I don't know. I mean, you have to have something in the most iconic part of the park. Well, you think about Lion King. I like that because Lion King, you think about looking over the savannah, looking at all of all the, the animals. I mean, you've got the circle of life. That's a primary yeah. message for Animal Kingdom, I feel like, right? Yep. Yeah. It definitely is. Maybe they should just videotape the Rivers of Light and just show it in there and not actually do the thing at the end of the evening. Just I think that would be not well received. Or, or just make it just one big phantasmic viewing area. <laughs> so just live, live stream phantasmic <laughs> from the Tree of Life every night. I agree, though. I think, to me, you, you replace Bug's Life with the Lion King. Not showing clips from the Lion King. You make this a whole new Lion King adventure. You go through animals on the savanna. Whatever. You could go through different habitats it doesn't have to be africa related you go through all the different habitats but but make it animal related so if i'm hearing you i I think what you're saying is that you want to keep this a kind of 4d attraction you don't want to put any kind of ride you want to put a 4d attraction here where you're sitting down and watching the screen yeah i don't think there's room in this for a ride i mean the space is a theater right so it's it's a very small space if you if you were to put a ride in here it would be so small it wouldn't be worthwhile so yeah i think you keep this a 4d theater i think there's plenty of special effects i mean just thinking off the top of my head an elephant could spray you with water um a lion could growl at you and blow wind in your face i mean there's plenty of special effects out there that you could you could use this for jump from somewhere yeah whatever moving away from the Lion King into a different theme. If we're thinking about Animal Kingdom right now, we're thinking about Pandora. Is there any way we can incorporate this into Pandora? Do we want to, or do we want to leave that separate? Because I don't think I want to, but I want to ask you guys for your opinion. I think that this gets away again from the message of the park. I think that Pandora is its own thing. Disney has made it really clear that Pandora is its own thing. It's got a different feel to it. It's it's a completely different part of the park and i don't think you can tie that into the tree of life i there's no way there's after being there pandora is is separate for a reason when you walk into pandora you no longer i'm serious you no longer even feel like you're in animal kingdom and vice versa when you're in animal kingdom pandora is not it it is there's zero connection so i i don't think disney would ever have any would ever do that for one but there's no i i get it and avatar has been pretty popular and with you know, the, the movie coming out here in the future, I think that that area will gain popularity. But no, I think the Tree of Life needs to be something Circle of Life related, uh, animal conservation related. But it needs to still remain, fan, you know, friendly. It can't be you go in there and watch a video about poachers yeah. <laughs> or cheetahs and why they're bad or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It needs to be well, something. I mean, guys, that, we're talking about the Circle of Life. All that happens. I know. I know that. I don't have. I don't have a, a, I don't have like, you know, test track. I think you guys really nailed it with your suggestion there. Outside of Lion King, I, I mean, you have, I I don't, I don't know what you go with. I mean, because Kilimanjaro is such a big deal there. That's why Lion King fits. Here's what I'm going to say, and it's going to segue right into what you guys probably disagree with me when it comes to Philhar Magic. But I think that you have a lot of attractions where you could just drop a Philhar Magic type experience into the Tree of Life and where Bug's Life is. And you could touch on the Lion King, you could touch on Tarzan, you could touch on any other number of movies that represent Animal Kingdom and you know what that entails. 
and even drop into Pan Pandora, maybe even I don't know, but I'm saying that you know you can encompass a lot of things here. I and we can we're gonna hit on fill our magic here in a minute, but I think Lion King would be my best bet. Like something, and I don't have a so imagine you're sorry. I can't we can't help you as much on this one. <laughs> well, let's let's go into fill our magic, and and I just want to my biggest problem with fill our magic. I'm very anti. Let's rehash Disney movies. Let's look at a show like Fantasmic. Now, Fantasmic does have scenes where they show Disney characters, but you can't you can't show me one part of Fantasmic that is lifted from a Disney movie. That, in my opinion, is, is what makes it successful. That, in my opinion, is what makes all Disney shows successful is it's, it's not a reimagining of what I've already seen on the screen. To me, PhilharMagic is, okay, we're going to take these Disney movies and we're going to put Donald Duck floating in The Little Mermaid or dancing in Be Our Guest. Or, it, does nothing, it does nothing for me except for rehash Disney movies. And when you touch on that, I agree with you. Um, one of the things that, that I enjoy about this particular attraction is the fact that I do get to you know, soar through, in the case of Aladdin, or be on the dinner table with Belle, you know, watching everything unfold. I enjoy these attractions, this particular attraction, I should say, because it allows me to feel more involved with that particular movie than I had than I had felt, you know, as a youngster. I would also say the Philhar Magic in this particular area of the park, its intention is very clearly met. Now if you can improve it, I'm all for it. So tell me how we're gonna improve it. I think for starters you could you could add animatronics or you uh, or you could add um you know like in, in Muppets. That's where I was gonna go. Exactly. Where yeah and I, what's the guy's name? Animal? Yeah, the, any, it's Animal. Animal, yeah, gosh. I, I was, when Animal comes out and he's real flashlight, really looking for the bunny. That is, I, at my age today, I still think it's one of the coolest things ever because it feels like that screen just came to life right in front of me. He's looking on the screen, looking on the screen. Next thing you know, he's walking up and down the aisles. Or you've got Statler and so, Waldorf up in the balcony could, commenting. Yep. And see, I love those ideas. I really do. And I think they could do something like that. I mean, you... And I'm thinking of Philhar Magic. You could, ha and this would be nuts, but you could have a Mickey Mouse come out looking for his but, wand. But I think you take it a step further. I think you, I think you change Philhar Magic to, if you're going to put Donald Duck in the Little Mermaid, let's incorporate Donald Duck in the Little Mermaid. Don't just throw him in the scene and have him swimming around. Like have him be part of the action. Have him be doing something. You know, you can still have Ariel singing. Part of your world. Part of your world. No, 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 guys. See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right here. Because I think this entire attraction is about Donald Duck trying to change something he cannot change. He cannot be Mickey Mouse. He cannot be the maestro. He cannot. He cannot change anything of the of the past movies. He can watch them and enjoy them like it's intended to be enjoyed, but he can't change anything. And he can find enjoyment in watching what's already been. And I think that's the intention of the ride. My opinion. <laughs> I don't think Donald going into these scenes has anything to do with him trying to change the movie. Like, it's a I get he can't I mean, be Mickey music. Mouse. It's it's an orchestra. It's a symphony, and he's not the conductor. Yeah, and I I mean I I, I get the premise. It's just it's just it's weak to me. It, it like literally the only reason for that backstory is it's an excuse to put Donald or to show you these Disney movies. Well, if you could look to my right, I have a um, Donald Duck Philhar Magic framed. Disney pin and print. No, and that's fine. I just, in my opinion, I think that if if you're going to if you're going to put a, a new character into these movies, you you change the movies. 
or you you do something different. And and I don't know. I mean, that's that's me every time I talk about a Disney ride that is based off of a movie is I want something new. I don't want to just rehash the movie. And that's important though. That's yep. important. Well, again, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm harping on it and we're looking at a way to improve this and if you do change I think you could keep a lot of it in a very similar manner, maybe incorporate some more classic movies and small tweaks could do a lot here. I think so yeah. too, because right now this is what it's a place to cool down when you're in fantasy land, right? Yep. Oh, the, the live action actors aspect that Thomas talked about would really change a lot. And so it would the animatronics that you're talking about, Pete, that'd be, that'd be great. It would change a lot. But I mean, I, I guess here's my question is right now, as the mo- as the attraction stands, would you wait an hour and a half for this attraction? Would you wait two hours for this attraction? I'd fast pass it. <laughs> okay. But I mean, if it, if it, if you didn't have that option, I mean, would you would you wait an hour for this attraction? I think I would once, but I wouldn't do it multiple times on my trip. Yeah, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting that long for many things in Disney World. So <laughs> no, not, not an hour and a half for two hours. And I'm not saying we close this attraction for the sake of closing the attraction. I just think that if it's going to be what it is, it it it, it needs some kind of change. And if you guys have suggestions for us, we'd love to hear it because, you know, we we can bring your suggestions to the air. Yeah, and if we miss the boat on any of these, if you absolutely love the current iteration of Test Track or Journey into Imagination with Figment as your favorite ride, let us let us know because we'll send Matt over there to slap some sense into you. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think these were. Uh... These are fun. I think they're always fun to do. And Disney's got a lot of great things going on right now. You know, every, a lot of things, you know, obviously Toy Story Land, you have Star Wars Land, you have uh, Tron, you have Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a really exciting time to be a Disney fan. And it's kind of fun to look. Um, I, I don't foresee any of these changes occurring anytime soon, so don't hold your breath on them. But it is fun to look at the current attraction to see how we think they could be improved. And not only that, but think back how things were different 10 years ago. And things change all the time. And it's just fun. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking, so when Animal Kingdom opened, just think from when Animal Kingdom opened to now. So that's, I mean, that's 20 years now, how yeah. different Disney World is. I mean, really, just think of how different Hollywood Studios is. It wasn't even Hollywood Studios back then. There used to be the greatest ride at Disney World there, and they shut it down. <laughs> and there it goes. You were all waiting for it, I know. And we've gone full circle. We thought we were going to get through a whole episode without just the early comment of RIP, but nope. I saw some concept art that they released for, uh, I, I don't even know the name of this ridiculous ride, the Great Mickey ride, whatever it's called. Again, this this ride better be fan-freaking-tastic. We'll see. I'm going to be we'll really, see. really upset if it's if it turns out to be a dud. I mean, as we talk about it, always... it's going to take 2D to 3D, so I think it's pretty cool. And it's also going to 4D. No, two and a half D. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of two there's a lot of there's a lot of fractions here that I'm not so sharp on. Yeah, I'm not really sure how you do two and a half D. There, that's that's a half more D that I'm comfortable with. So, all right. So, anything else on these rides, guys? Before we uh, before we close it out, I don't think so. I'm good. All right. Well, Tom, let's go to the secret and trivia question for the week. What have we got? Yeah. So the secret uh, secret of the week. Uh, this one's. I mean, I, maybe people knew it. I didn't. I actually didn't know the last part of it. But it's uh, going to take us over to MGM Hollywood Studios, whatever we're going to call it tonight. Uh, Rock and Roller Coaster was the first inverted coaster in Disney, which I think a lot of people knew. But what I did not know was it's the first coaster ever to have a synchronized soundtrack. Which I think, you know, a lot of people talk about Disney and their thrill rides, and maybe they could have more, maybe they could do more intense things. 
These are little details because uh, there's some stuff we could channel Space Mountain that, that Disney was kind of the first in the industry to do. So I uh, thought that was kind of neat for uh, for you guys to to learn. Going to go back to our trivia question from a couple of weeks ago. Had some pretty good responses on, on Twitter. Unfortunately, Matt did not know this, but a lot of our listeners did know it. And the uh, question is, what is the name of Geppetto's cat? It's Figaro. Again, for our trivia questions, you can always reach out to us uh, on our email at mendowdw at gmail.com or on our Twitter uh, men do WDW podcast. Uh, but moving on, uh, this trivia question came to us courtesy of Pete, uh, and it's pretty relevant for what we've been talking about. Uh, but what scent originally present in Mickey's Magic was quickly removed uh, from the show right after opening? They corrected me earlier. These are 4D shows because, you know, you do have other senses that are uh, interacting, I guess, with the attraction. Uh, so what scent originally present in Mickey's Magic was quickly removed from the show after opening? You can email us at mendowdw at gmail.com or tweet us at podcast on the tweeter. So at this rate, do you think that we have a 5D show by 2020? Like, how would you <laughs> even do a 5D show? All right, so let's go into like what 3D actually means, and it means three dimensions. So it doesn't mean anything to do with senses. No, I understand that. I thought 4D, and everyone can laugh now who's listening, I thought 4D had to do with bringing in other senses. But they they use it as bringing in other senses. Yeah, so you guys can laugh all you want. In the context For, that it's used, it is it does refer to other senses. I'm going to say the show needs to be wrapped up at this juncture. All right, let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up. There's Leave that up for debate, too. too. Many, Tweet us what you think about our 4D and 3D comments. And 5D, which is a lot more than potential. any ride needs, I think. All right, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.